Hello and welcome to the Elemental Entrepreneurship Podcast, where we discuss the earth, air, fire, water, and spirit elements of building a thriving, successful, creative business and life. I'm your host, Sarah. I am so happy you're here. And today we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart and life that I hope you can relate to as well. And it is when you're working your ass off and nothing's changing. When you are working your ass off and nothing's changing. And I'm going to I'm going to be on all of our noggins a little bit today because I find this the most in my fire dominant entrepreneurs. I find this the most in um, those of us who are fearful, avoidant, or avoidantly attached. I find this the most in those of us who are hyper-individual as a trauma response, and we're like, I'll just do everything myself. I find this uh, in those of us who are over-functioners and recovering codependents, that we just want to do everything. I want to do my way out of everything. I trust how hard I'll work. I trust my hustle. I trust myself to handle things, but I don't trust a lot else. I don't trust the universe. I don't really trust other people to take care of me. I don't necessarily trust that things are going to work out for me. I might say I do, but do I? And the way you can tell whether or not you do is like, can you rest? Can you relax? Can you chill? Can you believe that it's going to work out? Or in your quiet moments, is your mind a million miles an hour going, but what if it doesn't work? I should do more. I should be doing more. I should try to guarantee it. I need to try to control the outcome. I need to, I need to have my hands on it, right? I don't believe that anything is happening if I don't have my hands on it. And this way of being is a one-way ticket to burnout. It is really hard. And I work with a lot of clients who are in this place, who have been high achievers for really their whole life, who have succeeded monumentally uh, in spite of, right? In spite of where they come from, in spite of the obstacles that have been in their path, in spite of not having family support, they've still managed to accomplish incredible things. And they hit a point where they are burnt out and feeling like they're dragging and they're having trouble generating enthusiasm for anything and they don't know what they should be doing next or where they should be going next, but they know they're not happy, but they can't find any energy to help them get happy. And they're in a trap. And when we start working on acknowledging that what they're dealing with is, is burnout, and that they're, they're going to have to step into a period of, of doing less and resting and allowing their body to recover from years and years and years and years and years of overgiving and overdelivering and working their damn full heads off before they're going to refine their excitement and their enthusiasm for next steps. It's really challenging because rest, it turns out, 
is really challenging. So they'll be like, okay, I begrudgingly accept that I have no energy and that if I have no energy, I should chill. And we'll take some steps to create space for them to chill. And then maybe they'll chill for a couple days and they'll be like, okay, well now what? Like now I feel guilty. Now I feel anxious. Now I feel like I should be doing something. Like I should be better now. I've rested for two days. Like, come on. I know that I am dealing with 15 to 20 years of work pile up into a burnout situation, but like I should be ready now. Like two days is enough. Let's go. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's not enough. And you know how we know it's not enough because you're not inspired or excited about the future yet. And that's going to come back. You can't force that to come back. You can't shame yourself into being done resting. Like that's not, it's not how this is going to work. Your body's going to tell you when you're done. Your energy levels are going to tell you when you're done. The enthusiasm returning is going to be the sign that you're ready for the enthusiasm to return. And until we get there, your job is to chill the fuck out. And this is so hard to accept. And I know that I've experienced it as well. I've had coaches telling me, my mentors have been telling me for the past, I would say year and a half, when I come to them and I'm like, I'm not hitting my goals and something's not working. I want more growth and it's not happening. And they look over everything I have going on and I'm like, what am I not doing? What am I not doing? Pretty much consistently the answer I've gotten is, I actually think you're doing too much. I actually think you're giving too much. I actually think you need to take some things away. I actually think you need to give less. I actually think you need to perform less, do less, do less. And I'm like, okay, I hear you intellectually understand. And it even makes sense. How though? (laughs) I don't, what do you mean? What do you mean? How, like, how do I do it? I don't understand it. And it's at such odds With all of my training, it's at such odds with the part of me that knows hustle and that knows hard work and that knows the feeling of when I look around and I see something I'm not happy with, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it. And that's not wrong, right? Having that kind of determination, that kind of self-determination, that kind of get up and go, like that's a beautiful thing. And sometimes doing is not the answer. Sometimes chilling a little bit more, creating a little more space is the answer. Frequently on coaching calls in a one-on-one conversation with a client, I will just sit there in the silence after I've asked them a question or after they've started to open up about something and I can feel that they're not done yet they're not done with the thought they're not done with the exploration there's further they can go and when I was first starting out as a coach I felt like silence in a coaching call was a little scary like I wasn't delivering enough But what I've learned is that giving presence and witness and also creating space, if I just wait and regulate my own nervous system and breathe, they'll keep talking and they'll go deeper. They will lead themselves farther into the thought. And I didn't have to do anything but create space for them to continue the exploration No prompting, no pushing, no pulling, no offering. I'm just going to wait. 
in that lean back, in that moment where I'm not thinking about myself and I'm not thinking about whether or not I'm doing a good job or giving enough and I'm not rushing to fill the space and I just sit there and breathe and be with them. I'm creating this space for them to unfold a little bit more through their own internal process and that's actually what's going to help them get to the shift that they're needing in that moment. Not all the time, but sometimes the answer is not for me to try to do anything. The answer is for me to be present and wait. And this is a challenging concept for a lot of us because it does feel so paradoxical to those of us who want to help who want to save, you know, ourselves and sometimes other people. We want to rush in. We want to do. We want to do. What can I do? How can I fix this? How can I fix it right now? And understanding that our desire to do in the moment is a anxiety management tool. (laughs) Doing nothing and just sitting, when I do that, All of the parts of me that don't trust, all of the parts of me that don't feel supported rush up to the surface. And then I have to look at the fact that I don't, I don't know that I trust. I don't know that I I trust that if I sit and rest, I will be taken care of. I don't know that I trust that if I don't do anything, other people will step forward and they'll do something in the absence of my doing. I think about those of us who like in a group project uh, in school, we were always the ones who did all the work. And some of that was because we were the only ones who had anxiety about the consequences of not doing work. Other people didn't seem to have that anxiety. We were the ones who were like, I really don't want to get a bad grade. And if you all fuck off, we're going to get a bad grade. And I don't want that consequence but I seem to be the only one who cares. So I'm going to end up doing all of the work just so that I can avoid the consequence of the bad grade and you all will reap the benefits of it and I will have resentment and I'll be annoyed and mad, but I'm not willing to just coast along and wait and see if either A, everybody steps up and we end up getting work done near the end Or B, no one gets work done and we just get a bad grade and I take one for the team to let everyone experience these consequences. We don't like that, right? We want control. We want the positive outcome. We don't want to allow other people to be able to influence our outcomes like that. We would rather self-sacrifice and have control of the outcome. This way of being is a little challenging to manage as an adult and as a business owner. And it sets us up for burnout. And it also sets us up for resentment, for feeling taken for granted, for starting to hit a place of feeling hopeless and for feeling small, not in the beautiful, humbling way that we feel small when we consider our place in the universe or like stand under a giant redwood, but small in the place of like, 
why can't I affect the level of change I'm trying to affect? Like, why am I hustling so hard? Why am I grinding so hard? Why am I giving so much and not seeing the change that I want, not seeing the results I want, not seeing the impact that I'm looking for? And when we're in this moment, all we're focused on is what can I do? What am I not seeing about what I need to do to solve this problem? And in that moment, when someone tells you the answer is to do less, like, I don't know about you, but I kind of want to punch them in the face. Like, I'm like, that can't be the answer. Like, that feels dismissive. It feels flippant. It, that can't be it. <laughs> I don't believe you. And part of it is I don't want to believe you because if that's true, then I have to sit still. And if I, if I have to sit still, then I have to notice that I got trust issues, trust issues. Um, and that's really hard, right? Like the doing is familiar and makes us feel like we have some sense of agency in the moment. Feeling like we have to rely on the universe, on other human beings, on unseen forces, on time, uh, that can feel really vulnerable because if we're not 100% responsible for the outcome, then like we don't know what's going to happen and then all of the fear of the unknown, right? All that shows up. (laughs) If I have to do less, then I have to deal with how uncomfortable I am with all of those things, right? The, The lack of spirit availability. And by spirit, I mean in the elemental entrepreneurship sense, like the faith that the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. And on every day in between, like there's a little bit of time that you spend watering and the rest of the time you don't do shit. You're not in charge of that. Other forces greater than you, the forces of life, the blueprint of life that's in the seed is at play. And there's no amount of doing on your part that will make the seed grow faster or better. And that can be hard for us to accept. And... I'm a dancer, for those of you who are new to me, right? I'm a dancer. I've been dancing my whole life. I'm an athlete. And one thing that I do understand is the concept of overtraining. And I was thinking about this recently through the lens of overtraining. Now, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about overtraining. And it might seem like, Sarah, why are you talking to me about this fitness thing? But It's because I think it is a big parallel and that the results of overtraining in the body are not that different from the results of overfunctioning, overgiving, or overworking in other areas of our life. They still result in burnout and it has some of the same symptoms. So when I was doing some research about overtraining, I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly the same. So it doesn't matter if the overtraining is for running a marathon or if the overtraining is in your business or in your relationship, you can still hit this overtraining point. And so I'm going to use the running a marathon parallel, and I want you to just come along with me on this ride and see how you notice that you're like, oh yeah, while I'm not training for a marathon, I am experiencing this in another area of my life. Maybe you are running a marathon. If so, good for you. Because if I'm running, run with me because there's a bear coming or an alien or police. (laughs) Okay. So 
if you're running a marathon, you need a balance of activity and recovery, right? So I understand this in a fitness context. I understand when it comes to work in my body that I need recovery. I need stretching. I need foam rolling. I need baths. I need hot tub. I need my massage gun. As I get older, I need more and more things, right? But if I'm not getting enough recovery to make improvements toward my training goal, I know that my body is not going to be doing its best. Um, When I was in college for dance, I frequently would really struggle the first few weeks of a semester because we would take a little bit of time off where we were maybe only dancing a few hours a week and then we'd go back to school where we were dancing six to eight hours a day. And a lot of us got injuries the first few weeks of school and those injuries weren't necessarily because some big impact happened in class. It was because we weren't getting enough recovery time in between long pushes of endurance. So When you're doing training for something physical, you need a balance of activity and recovery. Sometimes active recovery, sometimes full ass lay down and sleep recovery. Sleep is where our body does the most of its repair work. We need to power down and let our body do what it do. So we need some days of endurance pushes and then a lot of food and a lot of rest. We might need to do some days where we're pushing our strength. And then we might need like an ice bath or a sauna or a massage. When the balance of activity and rest is optimal, you get stronger, you get faster, your endurance builds and you can work for longer periods. So when your balance of work and rest is optimal, you see progress. And then the downside in our more is better world is that sometimes when we see progress, we're like, oh, well, if a little bit of work and a little bit of rest is good, then more work must be better. And uh, this is where things get dangerous, right? We're like, ooh, a little bit of work, I get some results. Love that. Let's go harder. Mm-mm, no, it's not only the work that's giving us the results. It's the work balanced with the recovery. But we forget that part. And so at that point, we may start to do what's called overreaching. And overreaching is when you push your body hard for a few days and you get a greater level of fatigue and soreness than you're used to. So it's not overtraining yet. We're not at full burnout, but we have been pushing it. And so maybe you're like, oh, I worked out three days, I trained three days this week, and I saw some progress, so next week I'm going to go for five. And then you have like a week where you're super sore and tired, and you're not recovering as quickly as you usually recover. That difficulty in recovery, that slowness of recovery, is your body telling you, you got to rest. Like, if you keep pushing, you're going to fuck all this up. So when you're at the overreaching point, a couple days of rest and food and a massage would probably get you back on track, right? And then you could go back to your training. You only need a little bit of downtime. But if you're a little type A and a little perfectionistic and you've got a little too much like no pain, no gain in you, you might misinterpret the fatigue and soreness as I must be weak, I must not be training enough, 
I shouldn't be so sore. I shouldn't be this tired. I don't usually get this tired. I don't like that I'm this tired. I must need to work harder so that I don't get tired like this. Now you can see we're in trouble. Our body is so smart and it's trying to let us know, hey, the balance is off. I need more rest. And we're like, oh, my body is failing me. My body is betraying me. I'm in charge, right? Brain's in charge. I want something out of you and you're not giving me what I want. So I'm going to push you more until you give me what I want. So you're ignoring the signals of overreaching and you're trying to push past them. And when you do this, your body breaks down further. And over time, you move from overreaching into overtraining. So we're in physical burnout. If your body gets into overtraining mode, here's what some of the experiences are that you'll have. You'll have an unusual level of soreness, which doesn't seem to get better as quickly. You're going to find that you are unable to train or compete at the level you used to be able to manage. And then that can compound your feeling of I'm slipping. I got to train harder. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to fix it? Do I need a new trainer? Do I need a new method? Do I need to uh, do HIIT training? Like, What do I need to do to fix this problem? What do I need to do? You feel heavy in your body. Even when you're doing normal movement, you feel like you're dragging, your muscles feel heavy, your legs feel heavier, your arms feel heavier. You notice that your performance is plateauing or even declining. You start thinking about skipping your training sessions or cutting your training sessions short. Maybe I don't need to go today. I don't know. Maybe I'll just do half of it. You start negotiating with yourself mentally. And that's just what you're experiencing during movement. But if you're overtraining, then in your life, what you're going to experience is a general sense of fatigue that just does not let up no matter what you do. You're just tired. Your body's tired. Your brain is tired. You feel foggy. You might notice that you feel more tense or depressed or angry or confused. You just have less emotional resources because your body's exhausted. You might notice that now you're unable to relax. You're more anxious even when you're trying to be at rest. Your sleep quality might suffer. So now you need sleep the most and you're having trouble sleeping. And then we're really in a a shitty place, right? You might find that you just like have low energy across the board and you're starting to feel decreased motivation. You're starting to feel moody. All of this is just affecting you. You're maybe snappy with people. You're short-tempered. And then also you might stop feeling joy and pleasure from things that you usually find enjoyable and pleasurable. And if all that isn't enough, if you just keep going through all that, your body's going to be like, all right, bitch is serious. How about you get sick more often? Like, I'm just going to start sending you disasters to try to get you to slow down. This is the point where people frequently come to me. They're like, I don't know what's going on, but it's just disaster after disaster after disaster. And I'm like, yeah, it is your life trying to make you sit the fuck down. Stop trying to work through all the things. You might have higher blood pressure and higher heart rate even when you're resting. If you are someone who menstruates, you might start to notice that your cycle's getting messed up. If you are someone who experiences stress in your gut, even if you're not at this point, you may start to have trouble with digestion. 
You might have start to have like breakouts and problems with your skin. You might notice that you are losing your appetite or you are noticing just a shift in your relationship with food. Maybe all of a sudden you want sweets all the time, but normally you don't want sweets or you're not hungry during the day and you're super hungry at night. Something might happen with your appetite and your weight may fluctuate erratically, either up or down, right? Some people I know when they're stressed, when they hit this overtraining point, they can't keep weight on no matter what they do. Other people, when they hit this overtraining point, they're like, I'm working so hard and I'm expanding, I'm bloated, my body's getting bigger, and I don't I don't think I'm doing anything different. I can't figure out what's happening. Well, what's happening is your body is in a nonstop stress response. That's what's happening. You need to rest. There's fight and flight, right? And freeze and fawn. And then there's rest and digest. We need rest and digest. We need it. We need ideally to spend more time there than we do in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. That's the goal. So when you're in overreaching, a few days off can get you back to work. But if you hit the level of overtraining, it can take months of rest to get back to a place where you can resume your training and see progress again. And as an athlete, right, if you're someone who's training for a marathon, you're a dancer who's training for a show, the last thing you want to hear is you have, you're benched. Like you got, you're out. You're not doing this marathon. You're not doing the next show. You have to rest. You have to sit down. You have to get your body back under balance. So I want you to think about even if this doesn't apply to you in a fitness sense, right? You're like, I'm not trying to run a marathon. What's your point? I see these same symptoms of overtraining in business and in relationships, in art. We can want an outcome so badly and decide, I'm going to make this happen for myself. And that can start out as healthy motivation. But if you're not resting, if you're not taking time off, if you're not refilling your cup, if you're not allowing yourself to take time out to celebrate your small milestones along the journey, you can start to experience the symptoms of overreaching. When we're overreaching, a week off, a little vacation, a little staycation, a little weekend might get us back on track. But if we keep going and we hit burnout, now we've got a real issue. And we might find ourselves dragging to our desk in the morning or dreading opening our laptop. We're tired when we wake up. We're not, even though we like, we're like, I know I love what I do, but I don't feel fulfillment right now. We might find that our minds never shut off and that even when we're tired, we're feeling anxious and restless in our bodies and we're running through a list of things we need to do, we need to do, we need to do. And we can feel like I'm working my ass off. I'm trying everything. Why isn't it working? I must need to work harder. And in this moment, the very last thing we want to be told is to take a break, right? Like that is the moment where you're like, if you tell me to sit down, I will punch you in the face. I can't rest now because I'm not where I want to be. And I don't want to rest until I'm where I want to be. And then we feel like, well, not only am I not where I want to be, but I'm not even where I usually am. So I definitely can't rest until I'm functioning like I usually function. The hardest thing to accept when we feel like this is that the solution is actually to do less work. Stepping back is the solution. 
not trying is the paradoxical move that will shift us from the energy of grinding and pushing and efforting but seeing no results into the sudden unexpected up level that we're craving. And that makes no sense to us when we're in this moment. I also want to remind us that if we're in this moment, we're not super logical because we are in a nonstop stress response. So the access to our frontal lobe that can really process like, oh, I, I need a balance of work and rest. Like we are, we're like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But what do I do? <laughs> like, it's very hard for us to accept that in this moment because our brains are so steeped in the dominant mindsets of Western culture, which are cis, het, white supremacist, capitalist patriarchy, right? So mind over matter, mind over matter, your mind over your body. I must be able to force my body to do things. Masculine over feminine, the doing over the being, the logic over the feeling. Hustle never sleeps. I'll sleep when I'm dead grind while your competitors are resting that shit it is so hard for our brain to really really accept that honoring our body and resting and honoring our feelings and releasing could possibly be the solution to why we're not seeing the progress we want we think progress is only tied to effort the idea that progress is also tied to rest feels impossible and it can feel like admitting defeat and it can feel like giving up but in the same way that the only way to get an overtrained body back to training is time off no matter how disappointing it feels sometimes the only way to get an overtrained mind and heart back on track is to put our effort down and start to practice allowing and ease. If this is starting to click for you and you're like, oh yeah, in my business, in my career, in my romantic life, in my art, I've been trying everything. I've been working my ass off. I've been spinning my wheels and no matter what I try or how hard I work, I'm not making progress. If you are hearing the symptoms of overtraining and being like, oh, I'm not training for a marathon, but I have all of those. Uh, then I want to suggest that this shift into practicing being, into practicing rest, into practicing receiving, into practicing surrender in your body is for you. Maybe the one thing you haven't tried yet is allowing yourself to feel successful right now not when you have the conditions but right now maybe the one thing you haven't tried yet is taking your hands off the wheel and surrendering some control maybe the one thing you haven't tried is pouring love into yourself as you are right now today maybe the one thing you haven't tried is accepting that you don't have to know how you're going to get to your goal And you can still believe that you will get there. Maybe the one thing you haven't tried is being in collaboration with the universe, with God, with the divine, with time, 
versus thinking that you are solely responsible for the outcome and that your doing is the only thing that determines the outcome. Maybe the one thing you haven't tried is a feminine energy, right? Not necessarily gender, but energy is the receiving-based energy, the feelings-based energy, the easeful energy of a paradoxical move. If this feels terrifying, but correct, uh, then I would love to invite you to join me for the 90-Day Sensual Movement Manifestation Challenge, even and especially if you have never done the challenge before. Um, It starts on Saturday. The doors close on Friday. Right now, as I'm recording this, it is um, Wednesday, the 29th of March. We start on April 1st. So there's still time for you to join. And it is a place where you can practice for a few minutes a day, three to five minutes a day, putting yourself into rest, into receiving, into the feeling of the thing that I'm working so hard for is here right now. I get to like rest in it. I get to relax in it. The goal is reached. The work is done. I'm here right now. <sighs> Practicing this feeling for a few minutes a day. Practicing trusting that it's already done and there's nothing more for you to do for just a few minutes a day. It doesn't sound like it would be as life-changing as it is, but I promise you that it is. It is a very simple thing to do and it doesn't require a lot of you, but it yields really big shifts, especially for those of us who default to effort and really specifically our own effort as being the only logical answer for what we consider to be an obstacle or a problem. This is for you. It is for you. It is for you. It is for you. And while it is simple, it will also create big, big change. And especially if you're at burnout, we need simple. (laughs) We need simple. We need easy. We need effective. We need targeted. We need change that comes in the form of relaxation and joy, not change that comes in the form of putting in a lot of work. I would love to see you in the challenge group. If this resonated something in you and you were like, oh shit, yeah, that's me. Just join. Just join us. Don't overthink it. It is a dollar a day. It's 90 bucks for the whole challenge uh, or three payments of 33.33. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this. As always, thank you for letting me into your ear holes, letting me into your mind and your heart, letting me into uh, your consideration. I really appreciate you. I know that you could be anywhere and you choose to be here with me and I never take it for granted. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I hope to see you in the challenge. Okay, love you. Bye. That's our episode for today. Thank you as always for being here and for listening to the podcast. I know there are so many things that you could be doing with your time, so many things you could be listening to. It is an honor that you choose to be here. Connect with me on Instagram at Intuitive Edge Coaching or join my Facebook group, Unstuck Group, to suggest topics or people that you'd like to hear me interview on this show. Have a great day.